0: Welcome to TV7, Israel's podcast. We invite you to listen and share our latest content from Israel and the region.
1: The Middle East continues to be very eventful, as usual, with the uh, developments that uh, shape the landscape of uh, the region here and also beyond, much beyond. I would say that Iran still v- looms very large with um, continued positioning itself on a brink against uh, the United States and uh, the international uh, community, where they continue to blatantly uh, breach the agreement of uh, 2015. Not only that, they even increase their production of enriched uh, uraniums, getting into 20%, which is uh, very dangerous, and also uh, fine-tuning their weapon uh, group as well. With uh, ballistic testing uh, resumption, it also is a great challenge to the entire international community, and certainly for Israel and the countries, its allies, uh, new allies in, in the Gulf, Egypt, and uh, Jordan as well. The Palestinians uh, continue to be on the sidelines. Uh, they have their own uh, very, very uh, uh, domestic problems uh, with the vaccines that uh, they turn to Israel to supply them, uh, continued uh, political strife as they are gearing up towards uh, elections in May or June, if they indeed will have it, first time if it happens after almost uh, uh, 10 years, so much for democracy uh, over there. And I think uh, what uh, ties everything together is a new era, the new era of uh, the Biden administration. We've heard this past uh, month the first uh, policy speech on foreign affairs of President Biden and what's interesting is Iran was not mentioned, Israel was not mentioned, the Middle East was not mentioned. So if you take this and you add to the fact that in the Security um, Council, the National Security Council of the United States, they have decreased the number of diplomats and analysts and specialists dealing with the Middle East. This is decreased. Uh, And they increased the number of analysts on Asia. You know where the US focus will be probably for the next four years. What does it bode for the Middle East, for Israel, for the Palestinians, for Iran, and even beyond the periphery, whether it's Libya or, uh, or, or Yemen, will have to see that. I am Daniel Ayalon. With me, I have the great honor and pleasure to have my good friend, uh, Dr. Colonel uh, in Reserve, um, Iran uh, Lehrman. This is TV7 Middle East Review. So, Iran, good to see you again. Uh, how would you tie together all these events, and what do you think is the most important event that happened this month?
0: Well, the, the, you're right. The main theme is Iran for the region is Iran. The main theme for the world is the pivot to Asia, which the Biden administration uh, is very much uh, focused on, in in line with uh, themes that have already emerged under Hillary Clinton's. Uh, uh, leadership as Secretary of State in the first Obama term of the Obama administration. But you cannot pivot to Asia without controlling uh, events in the region, because the region is still the key to energetic supply to China, Japan, and other players in the Asian sphere. So the, even if the Biden administration wants to leave the Middle East behind, the Middle East will not leave them behind, and the Iranian question is, is, is fast becoming Central Uh, I think the two most important events and the interesting question is how are they interlinked is on one hand the uh, decision to abandon the support for Saudi Arabia and the UAE in the war against Iran proxy war and in against Iran in Yemen because the Houthis are Iranian proxies the Saudis and the UAE are fighting themselves and the results are already being felt, because uh, the Marib region on the border of Saudi Arabia is, f- is apparently falling into the hands of the Houthi government, of the Iranians. This could have very severe consequences. And the other thing is the American positioning towards uh, future negotiations with Iran. I have to say, I, my impression is that the position reached between uh, Biden and uh, the three European players. For the time being, there's no coordination with China or Russia, but the uh, U.S. plus three have uh, basically said to the Iranians: We will make some minor gestures. We will abandon the attempt of the Trump administration to get snapback um, by the Security Council approved by the Security Council, which was never going to happen anyway. But. There is not going to be a major reversal of the sanctions until the Iranians told the, uh, come into the negotiation with clean hands. That's to say reverse uh, what they've been doing. In Iran, of the with the agreement. UAEA monitors so, now,
1: when yeah. they, they came back from Iran and they say they are very much uh, apprehensive of the fact that Iran has a, an abundance of nuclear material which they have not even reported. Uh, there are also some signs of uh, nuclear um, uh, elements in, uh, in uh, some sites that they have checked. Now, with the Iranians actually um, putting their foot down and lessening the monitoring, how do you think this will um, affect the negotiations? Because it seems like Iran has the upper hand against the United States, where they are moving forward, and then they're going to give back something that they shouldn't have had from the first place. How do you see this plays out? Well, I think the gross emission
0: gained a space of a few weeks at best, or a few months, very short month uh, for the Americans and the Iranians to play out this positioning game. But at the end of the day, the Biden administration, if it it is going to stand its ground and refuse to negotiate with Iran before the Iranians uh, actually come clean, or or at least demands from the Iranians to come to the negotiating table without the precondition of removing the sanctions, if they stand their ground, tensions are going to rise. And I think in this respect, it is important that Israel has um, in, uh, previously and, and uh, more recently in a less, uh, let's say, uh, um, uh, vocal manner, but Israel has drawn a clear line, say, uh, indicating that it needs to have a military option out there uh, because either the negotiations would fail or the Iranians would try to brazen it out or uh, they would pro- the negotiations would produce something that we cannot live with. And therefore, what the, the chief of staff said uh, in January, uh, still held in February. But uh, because the Biden administration was finally um, beginning to have a conversation with Israel, the president called the prime minister, uh, Blinken has been talking regularly with Ashkenazi, uh, uh, Jake Sullivan with Ben Shabbat. Um, and uh, and all Lloyd Austin was guns American
1: officials and Israeli officials yes Israeli the, 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 the counterparts Secretary of State of Secretary State of State was the, the Foreign Minister exactly Sullivan with yeah. Ben Shabbat Ben Shabbat the
0: National Security advisors, and the ministers of Secretaries of or Secretary of, of Defense speaking to each other, America is still engaged with Israel uh, quite closely. It is. It's buying Israeli military hardware, which is amazing. I mean, if you told Ben-Gurion that one day the Pentagon would be buying weapon systems from Israel, he would have recommended he was a man of vision, but he would still have recommended that next time you go to work in the fields, put a hat on. Um, But uh, look at at where we are now. So uh, this is not a story about abandonment, but it is a story about policy differences, policy nuances, a debate within the Israeli cabinet as to how to go forward. And tensions are clearly going to rise in the
1: next few weeks and months. Iran, it seems like the Israeli establishment here, from the prime minister down, they are still kind of weighing uh, where they are in this triangle of Iran, the United States, and Israel. During the Trump administration, there was no doubt. Israel and the U.S. were very much together. There was no daylight and the Iranians were put actually uh, in the corner with maximum pressure policy. Now that we do not have a formulated, a well-formulated policy yet of the United States, but on the other hand, we hear that there may be or may not be negotiations, secret negotiations between the Iranians and the United States, whether directly or through the European three, Germany, uh, Britain, and, and France, what should Israel do in order to um, pursue its best interests. That means Iran not having any option for nuclear development and and uh, getting a much better agreement.
0: Well, I would say that there are four avenues of action. First of all, as I said, already mentioned, we need to keep the credible military threat out there in the open, it actually serves the interests of the Biden administration when they come to consolidate the international position, when they have the conversation with the Russians and the Chinese, Mm -hmm. and when they come, but if they manage to finally get the Iranians to the negotiating table, it will actually serve as a a kind of uh, uh, what they call sometimes in the professional language, a, Iran, bat- a batna,
1: a batna, right? A
0: batna, a better alternative to negotiate and a question to you, agreement.
1: which of course goes right into your great expertise in intelligence and uh, strategic uh, analysis. Is the uh, the military option more credible? Israeli military option against Iran is more credible today than it was maybe eight years ago in terms of Israeli capabilities.
0: My answer consists of one letter and two digits.
1: Yes. (laughs) 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 F-35. Yes, it is. Yes, Yes it is. Uh, And there's another thing. Also, I think that now we have the backing of the Gulf countries. So there could be some cooperation, which would be operational and more than operational. Intelligence, for sure.
0: That's one of the points that we're... uh, Mentioned in the context of the so the UAE F thirty five deal is that it would generate interoperability. Mm-hmm. Moreover, uh, the ability to coordinate with the Gulf on responding to uh, Iranian ballistic missiles. There's a technical term orthogonality. If you can see the missile coming from the side, not just at you, mm-hmm. you have a better capacity. Sure. Uh, And and, uh, uh, this month, Israel announced uh, the beginning of work with the American administration on the next generation of the Chetz, the Arrow, the uh, Arrow 4 coming up. So uh, all of these are very important elements of the general equation. The second aspect, I think, uh, and that might sound paradoxical to Israelis who grew up over, uh, f- for years on a very negative view of French policy. Uh, France is actually an ally. Uh, it's an ally in the eastern Mediterranean, facing uh, Erdogan's Turkey, uh, yeah. fantasies of dominance. Uh, it is also an ally on Iran, as always been, um, more robust than uh, the Obama administration, not as robust as the Trump administration, more robust than uh, the Obama administration, actually managed to put in some uh, additional uh, elements into uh, Mm -hmm. the weak uh, JCPOA. And now the agreement of 2015. And now Macron has openly spoken about the need to bring Saudi Arabia and, and, and Israel into the negotiating Mm-hmm. structure, which the Iranians, of course, jibbed very hard against this. But uh, um, the French position uh, gives us an opportunity, and I think Israel should uh, should be doing, and is probably doing as much as possible to, to speak to the French about this. Uh, thirdly, there is a US Congress out there. Uh, interestingly, the Iranians have said they want this time an agreement that would be um, Uh, written in stone, so to speak, in other words, maybe uh, a a treaty structure. Now treaty means 67 senators. No way the Biden administration had to have 67 senators on this in Israel, but Israel should renew and, and, and reaffirm the position of Congress, which was firm enough even under Obama. And finally, we do need to have a conversation with the key American players. We ultimately have the same goal. Iran going nuclear, military uh, nuclear, uh, would be a a catastrophe for the world over. It's not just Israel. It's not our our existence would be threatened. But so would be the entire structure that was built since the Cuban Missile Crisis. Because the North Korean crack of the dam did not bring the NPT down. Mm -hmm. They broke the NPT, but they didn't break the the NPT, but they didn't break Mm -hmm. the NPT structure
1: which the Iranians could
0: if the Iranian countercrack comes mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. that will bring the f- the flood down and Absolutely. within years we're going to have uh, several more nuclearized nations turkey saudi arabia, saudi, arabia, saudi arabia egypt and, egypt, and uh, algeria i would yeah. say possibly and you, you just say uh, uh, in the in the present even greeks you talk uh, venezuela yeah. uh you talk about the you talk to the greeks about a nuclearized turkey and
1: uh, <laughs> you watch the reactions. <laughs> yeah, same as the French, I guess. And legitimately they the so, indeed. So, um, Iran, before we turn into other important issues of the Middle East that happened this month and will affect also the continuous uh, interest of all uh, the countries here, um, let's remain for one more minute with the Iranian um, negotiations, or lack thereof. Mm-hmm. And there is a debate, also in Israel, whether to push not just the nuclear uh, agreement, not just a better nuclear agreement, but also to include the issue of ballistic missile testing, a ban on Iranians ballistic testing, which they have just Which is actually enshrined
0: in the UN, yeah. UN Security Council Resolution. And also
1: the subversion,
0: you know, the support of yeah. terrorism. And here, I have to say, the, the, the Biden administration, or Biden personally, did mention the need to deal also with, with Iranian destabilization and subversion. Uh, Israel is doing things. Uh, we are proving our credibility to our Arab uh, partners in this struggle by acting in Syria. Uh, this month, something really bizarre happened. Uh, we actually paid the Russians uh, a, a small, not a huge sum of money, for them to purchase uh, vaccines for the Syrians in return for the retrieval of a young, demented uh, Israeli woman who crossed the border apparently for romantic reasons or or, or whatever. Um, The the Syrians, I have to say, were much more businesslike about this than Hamas is, with the two men they're holding, uh, a Bedouin and uh, an Ethiopian uh, uh, persons live and the bodies of two soldiers. They refuse, they, they, they put their demands where we cannot meet them. The Syrians were more sober, but the interesting story was the Russian story. Because of our goodwill with Russia enables us to operate in Syria against Iranian subversion there, against the Iranian war effort uh, in Syria. And so we are, we are signifying to our partners that we are serious about this.
1: Yeah, well, we have maybe to uh, tell our viewers that uh, just uh, over the last uh, two weeks there was an Israeli citizen who crossed the border to Syria. The Syrian uh, held it, uh, held her uh, as a hostage, and negotiations through uh, Russia solved the problem. She is back here. S- uh, two um, uh, Syrians Shepherds. were re- returned to uh, to, uh, to Syria, and vaccines. It seems like there is a new. Vaccine diplomacy in the region because it's not and just beyond the region. And beyond the region, it's not just that we have supplied through the Russians, and this is also interesting to see how the Russians increase their role. Certainly in the northern uh, borders of uh, Israel, uh, but also um, vaccines to the Palestinian Authority, uh, to Gaza and Hamas, uh, let alone to countries far away from here who has uh, who have uh, embassies in Jerusalem. Or, or intend to.
0: Or uh, Muslim countries which we want to uh, improve our relations with, including uh, Chad, mm-hmm. Mauritania. Mm-hmm. I mean, the list is quite striking. Quite uh, interesting, yeah.
1: Vaccine diplomacy, indeed. Now, would you say that, um, I mean, Israel, of course, right now, we are using and we have purchased enough uh, vaccines for Israelis from Pfizer, from uh, Moderna, maybe others. But we do have here in Israel a very prestigious, very capable, uh, Biological Institute mm. in Estiona, which also has been working on the vaccine. It seems like now they're quiet about it, but I wouldn't be a bit surprised. They, so they've at, uh, started
0: the, the larger testing program. Yes. It's not easy to find people willing to be well, tested because <laughs> then they have to postpone their own uh, Pfizer vaccination. That's or why they
1: go to India. And they offered it to Indians it, to do that because it seems like the Indians are more uh, keen and uh, more, I would say, daring in terms of uh, this uh, testing. But I, I believe that um, possibly for the next round, because
0: we're going to have to take these vaccinations every six months or if, maybe a year, but, but certainly regularly, by the time the next uh, wave comes, there may be an Israeli vaccine.
1: Yeah, it seems like with all the uh, new mutations, the yeah, that uh, unfortunately, the coronavirus is going to uh, stay around, maybe for years. And uh, we hope, and uh, certainly we, I believe, we have the capabilities in Israel here to find a much better vaccine, also benefiting from the experience we have already from the vaccines exi- existing, the Moderna, the Pfizer, uh, and AstraZeneca, and and whatever. Our uh, heart goes
0: out to the Americans because the, yes, this we, yes. uh, just now the, the number crossed. Uh, Half a million threshold. It's it's incredible.
1: Yes, it's very it's, a it's, very uh, sad it's more than casualties in World War Two. More than they've lost it is in amazing. World War II. It is amazing, and soon it's going to be maybe the largest uh, campaign loss over maybe even more than the Civil uh, American Civil War in uh, eighteen sixty-two. Uh, incomprehensible, uh, incomprehensible, and this also, I think, if we um, go s- in, as a segue to other areas of origin, which are also very much affected by the entire international uh, uh, developments, especially with the Biden speech. You mentioned Corona in the United States. Uh, Biden, when he, went, uh, when he uh, stepped into office, in the Oval Office in Washington, he said that for the f- his goal was that for the first 100 days of his administration to vaccinate 100 million Americans. And it seems like it's not going anywhere. He's very much immersed in that. And this is on the expense of foreign, foreign policy. policy. Indeed. Now, that means that maybe other forces like Russia can come in. What does that bode for um, the Israeli, um, Israeli's continued attempt to stop the entrenchment of Iran in Syria? Hezbollah's daring, at least more in, uh, in terms of uh, uh, verbal uh, attacks, and also in the Palestinian issue vis-à-vis Hamas, and vis-a-vis the Palestinian Authority in Ramallah?
0: Well, uh, I would break this into two different pieces. As I've mentioned already, in Syria, we have uh, an understanding with the Russians, which enables us to operate. Uh, This is called the CBW, the campaign between the wars, Mabam by its Hebrew initials. Uh, I think it was a former chief of staff, Gadi Eisenkot, who coined the phrase, or anyway, applied it as a strategy. And it continues intensely uh, and effectively. Uh, And it is uh, very much contingent upon uh, Russian understanding. And this enables us uh, to uh, sort of drive a wedge between the long-term interests of Moscow and Tehran as to the future of Syria. Iran wants to use Syria. Russia is trying to save Assad. These are not the same goals. Mm-hmm. And we are using that difference for to our own advantage. With the Palestinians, I believe certainly until after the elections, if they take place, produce a uh, new leadership or uh, or uh, reconsolidated leadership. Um, the best we can hope for, and I believe that this is also understood by the Americans, the best that they can hope for is conflict management. And against the background of Corona and its uh, impositions on the. Palestinians in Ramallah and in Gaza, conflict management seems to be within reach. Um, There's dialogue going on. Our services, secret services, speak to each other. Um, The Egyptian secret service speaks to Hamas on our behalf sometimes. Um, The Qataris are coming in with all sorts of creative ideas. Um, And uh, uh, at the cost of uh, trying to uh, ameliorate or at least uh, save the lives of of Palestinians. Uh, we, for the time being, have a relatively, relatively peaceful period. I mean, if you count the number, there have been murders, uh, a gruesome murder, uh, some time ago in in the West Bank, uh, and uh, from time to time there is a rocket flying out of Gaza. Uh, but essentially, we have one of the most uh, stable uh, periods in in years. Paradoxically, yeah. amidst all the tensions that we described,
1: yes, Iran. But the Middle East never stands still. So um, we have pretty much summed the, the issues uh, that happened last week, especially last uh, month. But uh, looking forward for the next month, given wh- where we are today, uh, it seems like that uh, Iran will continue to be on the, probably on the top of our list. By that time, hopefully, we'll see if there is a new American policy, if there is a better coordination with Israel and the United States, maybe with serious Israeli input on what the agreement should be with, uh, with uh, Iran, maybe with the help of the French or, or even uh, the British, which are also on uh, our side, and certainly Saudi Arabia and the Gulf countries. Um, but also what uh, we will probably see Is a formulation of American policy towards the Gulf, especially uh, Saudi Arabia. Uh, I think we should uh, brace for a uh, an American report on the murder of Khashoggi, the the Saudi um, journalist that was murdered in Turkey, allegedly by the order of uh, Bin Salman. And if there is a scathing report, which by the way, the Trump administration stopped that report, but if there is one, uh, it may have uh, to compel uh, the American administration to react to it. I don't think it would be for the betterment of relationship with Saudi Arabia, the Gulf. Uh, it's not the uh, Israeli interest either. But how do you see it uh, uh, developing uh, for the next month? And maybe what other things you sh- we should look into? Elections. Of of elections in Israel, of course, in if March can, 23rd. If you
0: can tell me where we're going to be on the 24th of March, because the Israeli elections are a very, very tight Um, race between three different options, a solid uh, right-wing government, a coalition of forces um, uh, that would remove Netanyahu from power. That's the second option. And the third one is going to a fifth election uh, within a limited period of time, which might even have the, the unbelievable outcome of uh, allowing uh, Benny Gantz to serve for a few weeks as, pre- as alternate <laughs> prime minister. The, 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 the level of uncertainty is acute. Uh, but uh, I should think that the uh, defense establishment uh, would be engaged uh, with our neighbors Uh, Together with our neighbors in speaking to the American administration at this crucial period of uh, policy formulation Because we have people there who understand our needs, but of course they have their own perspectives.
1: Well certainly we should not let the Israeli politics uh, stalemate to, um, to hinder um, the co- coordination and cooperation with the United States and with the other players uh, in our regions. So as we look into uh, next uh, month, of course, Iran, Palestinians, lesser priority, but mostly what will be the American administration new policy towards the Middle East, Iran, Palestinians, Gaza, Hamas, Hezbollah, and of course, uh, uh, the election in Israel, and what kind of a government will the americans uh, prefer Ooh. and what uh, <laughs> what way what would be easier for them to uh, to work with so thank you very much for joining us uh, iran thank you for co-hosting with it, with, uh, with me this uh, show and this is tv7 news